the physical feelings isn't because you've got anxiety and the anxiety is causing it. It's the thoughts in your mind that's causing it. Right. Um, most people, for instance, going in a panic attack, it's not because they fear of whatever's going to happen um, afterwards. So say, for instance, they go in a panic attack um, for leaving the house. It's not the fear of leaving the house and what might happen outside the house. It's more the fear of, I might have a panic attack yep. and those feelings are absolutely horrible. So they have a panic attack because they've got a fear of the fear and the fear yes. is the panic. That's exactly like that literally took me three months in therapy to come to that conclusion. Like it was. Hello, <laughs> welcome back <laughs> to another episode of Let's Get Into It. So you guys, I'm playing around with the intros. I kind of like how this one's going. I just, I listen to so many podcasts and I have this really big fear of having cheesy intros. Like you guys know what I'm talking about when I talk about cheesy intros. And I feel like my last intro was a little bit cheesy, like not the ones that I've done the last two episodes, but like the ones before that. Um, I listened to a podcast the other day, not going to say any names because I'm not here to drag anyone, but like... <laughs> It literally made me feel like I was in the 80s. I wasn't even born in the 80s. But like, it was like, welcome back to... And I was like, oh my gosh. And it was this like cheesy guitar music. And it wasn't even the person's voice. It was like, I don't know, a radio host guy. Like, I think the person outsourced the a person to record the intro and so it was just like you're listening to the number one health and wellness po- it wasn't a health and wellness podcast I'm making that up but it was like you're listening to the number one health and wellness podcast brought to you by and I was like this is not good this is not good and it was unfortunate because the actual podcast was really good but the intro completely turned me off and I was like is this happening in every episode and sure enough every episode it was like you know some cheesy guitar and like little I don't know electronic (laughs) like beats I have no idea what to even call it it was so horrendous um and I get it you know what like every like the introduction I feel like is it needs to to captivate the audience and this is like something again I'm always going to be improving my process for the podcast like even with having guests on and like how I can be a better host and what people need to be prepared to be interviewed and those types of things so this is just it's on a continuum we'll say that the other thing that I want to be really mindful of is ads because I know that I have ads on my podcast And I'm cool with no more than three ads. Like, I will never have more than three ads on an episode. I'm going to make that a rule right now because I was listening to another podcast, different podcast, and it was like really a serious, deep topic. And then all of a sudden they were like, you know, what you really need is some product. And I was like, what? Like, wait, I was so, it was so out of left field. I was like, 
this is not okay. And they tried to like blend it into the context. Ew, I just did that thing. I hate that. I hate that. If I ever do that, please call me out on it. Um, they really tried to blend it into into the episode, which I appreciate. But like they were talking about some pretty heavy stuff. And then you now want to transition to me into selling me some vitamins like I just thought it was a really poor choice of <laughs> everything. So I'm going to make it a thing. I don't want to have more than three ads on an episode because I think ads just kind of like, you know, I get it. It's a business. Podcasting is a business. You need to run your podcast like it's a business and you're here to make, you know, one, provide value to the audience, number one, two, have fun while you're doing it, and three, make money. I mean, I get it. Not every podcast is like here to make money and that's totally fine to each their own, but I like to get paid. I like money. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I, I think it's just a really fair, a really tricky balance um, with the ad stuff. So I'm going to try to do better and be better and get better. As always, I'm looking at some new microphones as well because um, I'm not I'm happy with this one. But like I got the one that I felt was like like a starter microphone and like now I'm ready to upgrade. So I'm thinking when I hit my year in August, I'll probably invest in a new microphone, which is kind of exciting. I get excited about that kind of stuff. Okay, anyway, let's get into this um, week's episode. We have Gita, who actually, Marika and Gita are friends. They're both from Africa, and Gita lives in the UK now, but so her accent is beautiful. I love accents. I think they're so, so interesting. I know I technically have an accent, but I wish I had, like, not an annoying, like, Southern California accent. I wish I had, you know, like something exotic like South African (laughs) but you know we get what we get um but Gita was an amazing interviewer and she is called the hormone harmonizer and I love that I think that's really catchy and she works with women and their hormones and as you know hormones are key they're essential we all have them, we need them, and we need them to be balanced. And so the work that Gita does is that she works on rebalancing, renewing, and revitalizing your hormones with the power of your subconscious mind. And so she actually gives us case studies in this episode, which if you guys don't know by now, I love a good piece of data. I can never say this word statistics. I always say like statistics. Um, I love case studies. I love like data and like tangible facts. I think um, they're really important. And so Gita actually brings some of the case studies that she has had um, in her own practice with women and their hormones. So I am 
super excited for you guys to hear this. I hope that you enjoy this episode. As always, all of the links to contact Gita are going to be in the show notes. So don't forget to check those out. So that way you can find her, chat with her. Um, Hormones are super, super important. I don't, I mean, again, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to go into like the specifics, but I just know that hormones are so important. Things like cortisol and um, that's the only one that I know. I'm just kidding. Uh, testosterone. Um, what's the other one? Estrogen. Those are hormones, right? Dopamine's technic or is dopamine a neurotransmitter? I don't know. See, I don't know these things. This is why I have people on the podcast who do know those things so I can learn them. So I'm going to shut up. (laughs) So I don't sound like an idiot. Um, but I hope you guys enjoy this podcast and I will see you guys on Friday for a new episode of Let's Get Into It. But in the meantime, Let's start this episode. All right, so we're just going to jump in here. So, Gita, I'm super excited for you to be here. I'm, I'm so grateful that you took the time out. I know we've been, like, trying to coordinate it with our time zones, like, yeah. for a while. And the UK always, I think, has the hardest time zone for me to schedule because it's like completely the opposite I get that yeah yeah (laughs) like it's like 9 a.m my time but then it's what like 5 p.m here yeah yeah so it kind of gets a little tricky so I'm so so glad that you're here (laughs) I'm glad to be here I'm a bit nervous but let's see (laughs) you'll be fine you know um we actually have a common uh, mutual friend which is Marika Mm. And she was actually on the podcast last week. So her, you guys, your episodes are going to come out like week back to back. Oh, cool. Um, And she was also super nervous. And I was like, it's okay. Like, (laughs) I kind of forget, like, I, because I've done so many episodes now that I'm like, oh, yeah, like, there's, so I remember like doing my first couple of episodes and like those like little nerves that I would feel. Yeah. Well, I said to Mareka last week, because she's like, oh, I'm so nervous. I'm like, what? No, it's absolutely fine. You're going to love it. It's so much fun. I've done one of these before. And she's like, are you sure? I'm like, yes, you're going to love it. And she was so nervous. And at the end, she texted me and said, oh, my God, that was so cool. I loved it. I said, see, I told oh, you. Oh, that's so now good. it's my turn to feel nervous, even though I know I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I just always think, because, like, I have really bad anxiety. And so when I get nervous about certain things, I just remind myself, like, I'm just feeling excited because I feel like nervousness and excited being excited kind of feel the same way, especially yeah. with sometimes when you mix in a little anxiety. Um, and so I kind of have to remind myself like, oh, I'm not really truly nervous. Like I'm just really excited and I really care. Like I want to do yeah. well. And exactly. that always kind of like brings me back to a place of like, okay, I'm like, fine. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you call yourself the the hormone harmonizer, which I love. And I'm super excited to talk about hormones because obviously like a, a huge percentage of the podcast audience, they are females. And I know that hormones um, really impact women's health in so many different ways. Yeah, so absolutely. Tell us a little bit more about the work that you do and yeah just let's start there 
Okay. Um, gosh, it's so hard for me to start really because there's so many aspects of it. Um, I have been a therapist for almost 10 years and mainly helping people with general stuff, whether it's anxiety or pain elimination, relationship problems, etc. And throughout the years, there's been occasions where I had to help someone um, where they, I don't know, they wanted to lose weight, for instance, or they were struggling uh, with something specific like their anxiety. And in working with them, I realized that the anxiety or the weight comes from a hormone imbalance. Uh, they might have thyroid problems or, uh, you know, anything some kind of hormone imbalance that's causing the anxiety. So as a therapist, and one of the things I, I love doing is hypnotherapy and mind mediation. For me, it's always about going back to the root cause. There's no point in treating the symptom. I need to look at the root cause. Um, and thereby I've helped women with severe period pains, with uh, poly, um, polycystic ovaries, with thyroid problems, all sorts. And some of it was completely inadvertently. I, I wasn't specifically working on that. And then they came back and said, but oh my goodness, this has changed. Um, and through that, I guess I just got more and more excited about it and explored more. I did a lot of case studies working on different women suffering from different hormone imbalances. And um, at times I surprised myself in, in what we were able to achieve, really. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure if that gives you a general background. No, that's perfect. So I have questions. Okay. Um, so first things first, you talked about hypnotherapy. And yep. I want you to like clear the air on that because like yeah. most people, when they think of like hypnosis or hypnotherapy, they like think of that like old guy with like a hunchback and like a little clock like tingling <laughs> it back and forth and like hypnotizing you to make you like bark like a chicken or let or bark yeah. like a chicken, bark like a dog <laughs> or make you sound like a chicken or something of like that of that I'm, I'm still yeah. drinking my coffee everyone to wake up um so um, what really is hypnotherapy so there's a difference between hypnosis and hypnotherapy. Um, I guess hypnosis falls more under stage hypnosis. Um, and, and people are always worried they'll lose control and someone's taking control of my mind. But mm. that's not the case at all. Um, and especially when we do hypnotherapy, it's all about helping the client. And we work with a strict code of conduct and, um, and ethical codes and stuff. So it's not about making fun of people, but obviously helping them. At no point do I have control of your mind. You, Everything you do is because you're happy to do it. Um, if I say to I mean, Brie, do you smoke? Sorry to ask this. <laughs> oh, no, I don't. Okay. Um, so you're not a smoker. If I now hypnotize you and tell you you're going to love smoking, it's something that you really want to do, and you're going to smoke 160, today blah 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 your mind will just dismiss it it's like what this isn't something i'm interested in it goes against my morals my beliefs and no so you'll just ignore it and dismiss it however now i tell you you're going to start craving apples and your mind goes oh okay i'm not allergic to it it's actually good for me yeah i can see that happening so your mind takes on the suggestion 
Um, so I'm not, I'm not making you do anything. Um, your mind is just happy with the suggestion that I've given it. Um, and I guess that's sort of the basis of, of hypnotherapy. Um, and when you go into a state of hypnotic trance, as we call it, it's basically a focused state of relaxation. So you're in a deep, relaxed state where we give the conscious mind the chance to shut down and not interfere, but the unconscious can come forward and focus on what we're trying to, to achieve and what we're working on. And that's the only part that then gets activated and make the changes as long as the mind is happy to go with the suggestions. That makes sense. It makes perfect sense. So what's the difference okay. between like the subconscious and the conscious? Oh gosh. <laughs> I know that that's like such a broad topic, but like I feel like so many people are going to have yeah. that question. Okay. So the conscious mind is basically where you think, okay, I need to pick up the glass and drink water. I need to reach out and turn on the, the stove. I need to do something specific. Um, and that is a conscious decision that you're making. I need to tell someone something, so I'm opening my mouth to speak. Um, and uncon the unconscious mind is ba basically where you're breathing, blinking, all the things happening in your body completely automatically. You don't need to think about it happening. Um, what could also be completely unconscious is, um, okay, you become aware of a itch somewhere and you automatically go and scratch it. You don't have to engage the conscious mind necessarily to go and scratch it. It just happens automatically. So I guess that's sort of the difference. But then... Um, some of our deepest thoughts and behaviors are things that so deeply ingrained and we've been doing it for so long that it becomes an unconscious thing that we just do. Yeah. Um, I was going to say like when I get up in the morning, like the first thing I do is like go to the restroom, brush my yeah. teeth. Like it's just like, a ha like I don't even have to think a, about it. Yeah. It's a habit. So it becomes an unconscious conditioning basically where you just automatically do it you don't have to think about it so you would do hypnotherapy like i'm assuming that is where like our 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 healthy and or un and or unhealthy habits hide is or not hide are yeah in, in our in our conscious in our conscious subconscious mind yes so, like, absolutely let's go back to the therapy it, the the therapy the example of yeah. um me being a smoker I'm not oh, a smoker. Right. I'm not a smoker we're just saying hypothetical yeah. okay mom yeah. if you're listening I don't smoke cigarettes <laughs> um <laughs> if that if I was a smoker so that would be where like that habit of like I mean I don't know what do smokers do like well let me let me give you an example so at first when someone starts smoking they make a conscious decision to begin to smoke mm -hmm. um maybe because of peer pressure maybe they want to prove a point maybe it looks cool um whatever the reason is that they started smoking that was a conscious decision that they made 
throughout the years, and, and obviously every time you smoke, it becomes an unconditioned, uh, unconscious conditioning that you just automatically do. Maybe when you're waiting for the bus, when you're driving in your car, the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning, or if you need a break from it all, from work, you just automatically reach for a cigarette and you become addicted to it. Um, now, throughout the years, you created a program in your mind that this cigarette is good for you. It's needed. So lots of people will tell me um, when they smoke a cigarette, it relaxes them. It gives them that time out away from maybe work or away from the kids or whatever it may be. And in fact, a cigarette does the opposite. You know, your, your blood flow is restricted. Restricted, your oxygen is restricted, your heart has to pump so much harder to get the blood through, um, to get the oxygen moving. So in actual fact, your whole body is tensed up and under stress when you're smoking, but you think, oh, break, it's nice and quiet, I'm relaxing. Um, and your unconscious mind has created a program for you throughout the years saying, oh, well, this is my time out, I need this. You know, so the unconscious will only ever let us do something because it thinks it's protecting us. It thinks it's helping us. It doesn't do anything to cause us harm, but this is a program that you've created and now it's holding on to the program. So consciously you can tell yourself, look, I've had it. I don't want to smoke anymore. That's it. And before you know it, unconsciously you've lit a cigarette again. And um, it's sort of the mind's way then, I'm not saying for every single person it's the same program, but for a specific person it might be, oh, I've lit the cigarette because I needed time out of the office. I needed a break from the kids. I've walked away. So is there a way, I mean, I'm sure there is, but is there a way <laughs> to, because so many people have quit smoking before. But so how does one go about rewriting that program of like, of the habit of, oh, I'm going to smoke a cigarette. Yeah. So um, basically your conscious and your unconscious mind sort of speaks different languages in a sense. Um, consciously, you can tell yourself a million times, it's not good for me. I need to stop, blah, blah, blah. And unconsciously it's saying, well, hang on a second. This is good for me. It's protecting me or it's helping me or it's relaxing me. And I'm sticking to that. Um, and they don't sort of work together and listen to each other because they speak these different languages. So under hypnosis, when I work with the unconscious mind, it's sort of getting the unconscious to understand that this program might be a faulty program. It's an old program based on old stories, old beliefs, old um, uh, things that we've created for us that is actually not really benefiting us in any way. And then you need to get the unconscious to understand that, mind you, there's a better program that you can run. There's a new way that you can relax in. There's other things you can do that's more healthy, more beneficial. And once the unconscious understands this and it's happy to agree to that, then it will make the change. Interesting. But it's really hard to explain it just by explaining it <laughs> to you it's no something you're doing a really good job explaining it like I love <laughs> okay. the analogies like because they're super I'm like I speak in analogies so that really helps right. me um, I'm right. like okay I get it like when you're talking about like 
how they speak different the subconscious and the conscious speak different languages like yeah. that makes sense like if you were to get like all scientific with it I'd be like what is she saying yeah <laughs> <laughs> no that's really good yeah. so you also talked about um the hormones yep what specific like what hormones are you talking about because that's like which ones okay there's no specific hormone i mean the body has over 200 different types of hormones oh wow Um, okay did not know that (laughs) yeah so you can't really limit them to specific hormones um but there are your unconscious automatically knows which hormones has gone out of whack which ones needs replenishing and re-nourishing and re whatever else um so it will make the changes for you um and of course because of the hormone imbalance you'll suffer from all sorts of different types of symptoms um i'll give you an example of a lady that came to see me with polycystic ovaries um i have a tracker that i give my clients to complete for about a month before we start the session so that we've got a clear idea of what her everyday life is like and what she's struggling with. Um, So on this tracker, there's, gosh, from memory, I think about 29 different symptoms that may include insomnia, anxiety, depression, bloatedness, acne, excess hair, um, uh, vaginal dryness, uh, bloatedness, um, all sorts of things. So it's a whole wide list that sometimes people don't even realize is due to a hormone imbalance. They think, okay, I've got anxiety and that must be because of X, Y, and Z. But the anxiety started because the hormones are imbalanced. Um, so, or the depression or insomnia or whatever. So she's ticked off 21 things out of 29 things that she struggles with pretty much on a daily basis. Wow. And this was the first month. Then I did a session with her I should have actually opened the tracker so I can see it in front of me, but I posted it on my Facebook as well, if anyone does want to have a look. Um, so by the first session, given it a few days to a few weeks, she already started seeing a difference in some of her symptoms being less or disappearing completely. Now on the tracker, I asked her to complete um, the tracker from zero to five, zero being nothing's happened, like she doesn't have acne for the day, and five being severe acne for the day, or severe period pains, or whatever that may be. Um, and obviously a two or three, whatever, sort of in between. So as she started completing this form for the next month, you can clearly see some of the symptoms have already gone and some are reducing. Um, So every month I did a session with her and we followed through a whole six month program. This was early stages. This was about, gosh, five years ago now where I did this. Now I've refined it a lot more. So you don't have to do the full six months. It's more like a month or two. And then it's mostly all sorted by then. Um, Anyway, by the end of her fourth session, um, she only had two symptoms left. Only two. That's incredible. So basically, you're so you do hypnotherapy on her and really get to that root of what that program is. I do hypnotherapy and I also do mind mediation. Both of them work really, really well together. 
Um, so it just depends on what I want to work on that day or what works better for the client. Um, and sometimes I give recordings that they can listen to or they te I teach them self-hypnosis so they can do it on their own when they need to. Um, Didn't you send me one for my birthday? Yeah, I did actually. Yeah. That was yeah. just sort of, yeah, a, de yeah a, a hypnotherapy session for healing. I think it was called the healing mud bath or something. Yeah, I'll have to find it. Because yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. I put it on because I love listening to those kinds of things to go to sleep. Yes, it's great. Um, and I'm like the worst. Like, um, I probably only listen to like, a second of it before I was asleep. So I can't even tell you, I mean, okay, I guess that's like a good, a, a good recommendation. Cause it's like, your voice is so soothing that it, like just put me to sleep right away. But I couldn't tell I mean, you what was actually in it. <laughs> I mean, whether you fall asleep or not, it's, it's brilliant, you know, cause the unconscious will still do the work, even though you're snoring straight through it. So it's absolutely fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess with mind mediation and hypnotherapy, I work on those specific hormones that the unconscious mind knows what to work on, and thereby it regulates a lot of things. I mean, the lady with the polycystic ovaries um, messaged me at a stage and said, oh, she, so she had excess hair on her chest, on her um, jawline, on her back, etc. And she woke up one day um, and realized, oh, the hair's just gone. And she said she actually went back crawling into bed looking for it. <laughs> she didn't know where it's gone to. <laughs> we say she didn't find it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, this was about five years ago. I'm still in touch with her. Roughly yearly, she messaged me and said, oh my God, I've got my life back still. Everything's still hunky-dory. She's still extremely happy and in a really, really good place. She's got a life back where she was struggling with so many different symptoms throughout so I'm really really pleased um, about that that's uh, well I should say those sessions we did four sessions back in the day for her um, and then I had a lady with dysmenorrhea I'm not sure if you know what dysmenorrhea is I don't okay so amenorrhea is where you've got a very few periods um, they just they come very irregularly and dysmenorrhea is very 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 severe and sometimes they might have it two times a month even oh my gosh um, I know and this lady had extreme period pains where sometimes she'll end up in hospital um, with extra painkillers and stuff just just to help her cope um, two weeks before her main period, she will already be on strong painkillers and the week of her period, she'll be in bed, unable to work or do anything. So once a month, at least she's got time off work. So you can imagine the effect it has on their jobs, on, on their relationship, all sorts. Um, she also had two periods a month, one sort of at the start of the month, one at the end of the month. Um, and I said to her, look, you can't keep going on like this. This is absolutely horrendous. I don't know how I can help and if I can help, but I'd like to try. She was very skeptical. Um, so after months of sort of working with her and chatting to her about it, she said, okay, fine, let's do this. Um, so we did the first session where in, in hypnosis, we said, okay, well, you obviously don't need two periods a month, only one. So we asked the unconscious to remove one of the two. 
Um, and we also worked on the pain because she doesn't need to feel that immense pain. It doesn't have to be like that. So she phoned me. So we started at the start of, um, at the end of October and she phoned me around the 5th of September, which is normally roughly when her first period would start. Uh, when did, sorry, I've got my dates confused now. We started, <laughs> what's the month before September, end of August? August, <laughs> yeah, I do that too sometimes. I'm like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized, yeah. So um, she phoned me at the start of September and said, oh, I, I haven't had my first period yet. And, and that's very unusual. And I said, well, great. Are you happy to continue and see when the next one will be? And she said, well, let's do another session anyway. And I'd like you to move the date of my next period. I'm like, move the date? What are you on about? Oh, my gosh. This is <laughs> said, amazing. Yeah. She said, well, she's participating in a massive fitness competition. And it's on the 26th of October. And she's worried because normally her second period, which is the worst, is roughly around the 25th, 26th of the month, round about there. So she's really worried she won't be able to participate in this competition she's been practicing for all year. So again, we worked on the pain. Again, we worked on not needing two periods a month. And this time around, I said to her, okay, I want the unconscious to pick a date for her new period to start. And um, it was the 29th of October she selected. So um, this was now the start of September where we're doing these sessions. So in September, the end of September, she phoned me on the 26th and said, okay, I still haven't had my period, but let's see what happens. In the meantime, normally two weeks before my period, I would start with aches and pains and all sorts and on strong painkillers, and I've not had to take anything. So the 29th, she phoned me. She said, guess what? Completely out of breath. Like, guess what? I can't believe it. I said, what, 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 what's going on? She said, I am, I've just started with my period and I'm on the treadmill running. I'm like, what? <laughs> so she started on the day, on the 29th, and she had enough energy to actually exercise. Oh no, gosh. the first time ever. And she said, but she's really worried. She feels the 29th is too close to the 26th. Can I move it again? I'm like, seriously? <laughs> So again, we did another session and we moved a date and she picked the 31st of October. We again worked on removing all pain and just having one period and just reiterated and working on overall hormone balancing and the whole lot. So the 26th of October, she phoned me and said she's at the competition. She feels fantastic. No pains, no nothing. Nothing started yet. And the 31st of October, she called me and said, okay, do you want the good news or the bad news? I'm like, oh no, there's bad news. And she said, okay, it's the 31st of October and I just started with my period. Mm. That's the good news. And the bad news is, what the hell am I going to do for New Year's? <laughs> <laughs> and I just I said, you know what? That's your baby. I'm not changing this again. You pick that date. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It turns out November, December, January. She had her period sort of every time. Well, if there was a 31st, it was on the 31st. And then as of February, it started changing and she had a normal 28 day cycle. Um, this was four years ago. She's now got a healthy baby boy. Um, I think he's about six months old now. Um, but before that, up to 
falling pregnant, her period was completely normal, completely up to date, no pain ever again. There were times where it felt really uncomfortable and then she used the skills I taught her to go into her mind and just calm that pain down a bit again. But at no stage did she ever need painkillers again. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really passionate about it. So I can tell you tons of stories of success stories and, and even people, clients that I'm still working with that can see the changes that feel it gradually changing for them. So yeah, it's just amazing to know that it's actually possible. And you do it with your own mind. It just it still blows my mind, you know? <laughs> right. So are you doing these sessions on the phone or are you doing them in person? Both. So I'm obviously based in London. So there's two locations where I work from and people can come and see me there. Um, or I work online, whether it's so online is via videos because I need to see the person. Um, but either way is as effective. Um, some of my clients started off seeing me face to face and then said, you know what, actually it works absolutely fine. I'm happy just to do it over video. Um, so yeah, just whatever's easiest for the person, I guess. Um, like I said, as long as you've got a good internet connection and I'm able to see you on video, then it works great. Um, so then you can be based anywhere in the world. The thing is, the only reason why you have these physical sensations is because your mind created it for you. If you think about um, watching a movie, really, really, really sad movie, and you feel for, I don't know, this dog that just got killed, oh. um, you would actually start crying. Right. And it's just because you've had the thought. I mean, this dog is on TV. It's not real life, but yet you start crying. You watch a horror movie and yet you're cold up under a blanket and absolutely frightened. All the lights in the house has to be on for the rest of the night and you are so not sleeping. Right. Um, That's why and I do watch scary movies. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's just your mind that creates the physical feelings. Mm -hmm. um, the physical feelings isn't because you've got anxiety and the anxiety is causing it. It's the thoughts in your mind that's causing it. Right. Um, so uh, um, if you go, let me just think of how do I explain it? Most people, for instance, going in a panic attack, it's not because they fear of whatever's going to happen um, afterwards. So say for instance, they go in a panic attack um, for leaving the house. It's not the fear of leaving the house and what might happen outside the house. It's more the fear of I might have a panic attack yep. and those feelings are absolutely horrible. So they have a panic attack because they've got a fear of the fear and the fear yes. is the panic. That's exactly like that literally took me three months in therapy to come to that conclusion. Like it was never that I was scared of, uh, not that I was like agoraphobic, because I don't think that was necessarily the case. I fear doing things because I was like, oh, I might have a panic attack there. I might have a panic attack here yeah. or anxiety or like it was actually the fear of the anxiety rather than the situation or the location or the environment yes. itself. Exactly. Like that was the scary part. But I think like as I've gotten, as I've begun to realize the like that I do, like I understand my thought pattern a little bit better where I'm like, oh, I see like, okay, if I'm going to have like a sequence of thoughts, I'm like, oh, if that, that might cause the anxiety. And so I kind of have 
uh, I don't, I don't know. I, someone called it like a system and I was like, okay, if you want to call, put whatever you want to say, like however you want to say it, but it's kind of like, I have this like way of going about switching that thought or like pause, literally pressing pause or stop on it Yeah. to kind of redirect it. But yeah, yeah I, mean, I think you've learned a good coping strategy to help you. Right. Uh, but the anxiety still come up. So what I try and do is I take it a step further. You have these anxieties because you've created a program in your mind right. and this program is running. So if you take someone, for instance, say a fear of heights. So um, maybe it's, I'll give you my example. Actually, I had a fear of heights. So I've never as a child had any fears. I jumped up on roofs and um, in trees and on top of everything and anyone and I just didn't care I had no fears of heights at all and then at the age of about 24 um, I went on holiday to Switzerland and we went to this beautiful place the Jungfrau Joch which is really really high and you look down over the railing and it's like kilometers down or it felt like it anyway <laughs> meters down really really far below and you see these beautiful snow glaciers and it was just so amazing. And my boyfriend at the time said to me, oh my goodness, have you looked down? I said, I've been looking down the whole time. It's stunning. He's like, no, 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 no. Have you looked straight down at your feet? And I looked down at my feet and I realized I'm standing on a grid, you know, so you can see straight through. Mm -hmm. um, and at that moment, I threw myself back against the wall I, my legs gave in and I was shivering and shaking in fear I couldn't move. And it took him and two other people about a half an hour or more to drag me all the way back to the main entrance because I was kicking and screaming and just completely frozen. And I'm like, where the hell did this come from? A month later, I had to go up the Eiffel Tower because obviously we had a holiday booked. And I realized then I couldn't even walk up the stairs because the stairs had grids. You can, you can see through the stairs down below mm. and I couldn't do it. So I had to shuffle with my bum all the way up to the top. That took forever. <laughs> and people were like, what the hell is this woman doing? <laughs> um, <laughs> clambering over me because it's taking so slow. But anyway, and again, I got to the top and I was standing all the way back at the wall and, and um, my boyfriend said, oh, come and have a look. And I'm like, no, I can see everything right here. Thank you very much. That's all I need to see. And I couldn't understand where the hell did this fear come from? It, it doesn't make sense. So thinking back, I was trying to think of my childhood, like where was this programmed the first time? Because your mind remembers the program that you created and, and then it, it sets that program and protects you. Um, and I thought, gosh, well, at the age of 14, I used to dive down the 10 meter dive board and, and that's really high. But as a 14 year old, I just, that was great for me. I could do it. And I remember this time, uh, again, my boyfriend at that time pushed me down before I was ready to jump myself. And um, I fell flat on my stomach completely, um, my wind left me and I started passing out in the water and sort of sinking. I came to outside the swimming pool with loads of people around me giving me mouth to mouth. And that in itself was traumatic. And I thought, okay, that's where my program started. 
So I was training for hypnotherapy at this stage. This was 10 years ago or 11 years ago now. And the guy said, look, is there anyone with a fear or phobia? And I'm like, yep, I'll be your guinea pig. And it took him eight minutes um, to figure out what it is and remove it completely. And it turned out I was 10 years old and there's like this little wall in our um, yard and it's about four meters high and it runs from the front door to my mother's bathroom. And my brother used to chase me and then I'll run on this wall because he had a fear of heights as a child. So I'll run on that wall and then no one could touch me or get to me. But it turns out, which I completely forgot about, at 10, my foot hooked on to the plants that were sort of ranking over the wall and I tripped myself and fell down four meters. And as this happened, just before I got to the bottom of it, I grabbed onto these plants, stopping myself from falling further, and then just gently slid down. But at that stage, my mind programmed that heights is dangerous. Mm. Throughout my life growing up, nothing really happened where I felt this was danger until that time at the age of 24, which is about 14 years later, I looked down and immediately my mind triggered the memory from when I was 10 years old, that fall, and it said, oh, hang on, we've been here before, we're never doing this again, this is your new program, I'm stopping you from ever going on anything high that can cause you harm. And all of a sudden I had this program and I realized at work we had um, 10 steps, the first 10 steps to get into the office and you could see through the steps and I could not do those 10 steps. It was too much for me. I had to sit down on my bum, push myself up and then I can get up and walk. And oh it was becoming gosh. really problematic. And once this hypnotherapist did the session, realized that's where it comes from. And he's like, okay, well, obviously it, at the time, it was really scary, really awful, but you survived, you um, are okay now, you've gone through loads of situations in your life, and you've always been safe, it's okay, you don't have to be so protective, the unconscious mind understood it, and now I'm over my fear of heights. Oh my gosh, that's how I do go aping and jump around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I just think that it, this is just such a huge testament to like, the human mind at its core and just like how it's so capable of recovering from these situations. Yeah. And how quickly these situations can be programmed in your mind without you even realizing it. And it takes you years and years and years to get rid of it simply because you don't know how. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is amazing. I'm kind of going to do a session with you. Cause I'm like, I'm thinking of all the things I'm like, I'm scared of this. Like I've just always kind of been a fearful, scared girl. Like growing up, I was very shy, which when okay. I tell people that now they're like, I could never imagine you as a shy yeah. person. Um, but I was like painfully shy and there's still certain situations. Like I kind of have to be like coherced into like doing things. I'm like, if I don't know what I'm getting myself into, that just like causes me so much anxiety and like fear. Yeah. Oh, what I don't know. Like, and I kind of like have to ease. I've always been the type of person that like has to ease into things. Like I'm never the girl who like goes and just jumps right in the pool. Like yeah. I have to like slowly walk myself <laughs> on the steps. And that's yeah, like, but it's because you created programs for yourself to do so. Yeah. So now I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, I don't have a fear of heights really. 
um yeah it doesn't have to be that we all have all sorts of different things in our minds it doesn't have to be really severe but it's still something that we wish we could have changed and we just don't know how um and i mean for instance when i work with say the hormone rebalance there's like that one girl had 21 symptoms, which included depression, anxiety, insomnia, bloatedness, irritable bowel syndrome. It included all of those things. And in four sessions, we managed to basically remove or drastically eliminate all of those sessions, uh, um, symptoms, but two symptoms left. So it's not like I have to work on every single symptom to get you to change. Right. I might work on three or four and then you notice, oh, now that these are dealt with, all these have disappeared as well. Absolutely. Well, I think too, like, I mean, sorry, I'm like bringing this back to myself because I'm okay. thinking of like when I had, when my anxiety was at its worst, like yeah. all the physical ail- ailments, elements, ailments, sorry, <laughs> that, I was, ailments, yeah, <laughs> that I was having and as my anxiety decreased and really like began to alleviate so many of those like random like a neck pain or a headache like I used to get these horrible tension headaches just I think Mm -hmm. from from stress and like now I rarely get them rarely even though I feel like what I'm doing now is I don't want to say it's like stress like when I think of like what stress really is but I mean Owning your yeah. business is, has some level of stress. Like <laughs> I think yeah. some stress is good stress, right? So like exactly. even when I'm in stressful situations, like I don't really get those like headaches or like those neck aches anymore that I used to. Okay. Yeah. Great. Um, I mean, when you had these, um, was it, were you in a completely different, um, like job or something or is it doing exactly the same as you're doing now? No, I was in a different job. So I actually worked in corporate America for four years, three years. Okay. And that's when my anxiety really picked up. Like I was already kind of starting to get it when I was working in retail because I knew that I was like, okay, I was like in this weird transition of like, I need to get out of retail and like get Mm. a quote real job. And so then when I got my corporate job, I was like, I mean, the amount, I mean, so much of my anxiety, I think was circumstantial and situational. So Mm -hmm. I was working 12, 14 hour days, sitting at a desk all day, like before I'm in retail. So I'm moving around all day. I'm on my feet. Like, so it was just a completely different environmental situation. And the stress was so much higher. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I was really in like a people pleasing mentality and I still kind of have that. Um, so that's like what started like all of the physical symptoms I was having of anxiety, but I didn't really know that I was having anxiety. Like I wasn't really aware of it. Aware. Yeah. I mean, um, something like, uh, headaches. Yes, of course, there's loads of stress and things involved, um, that can create this. But the interesting about headaches is normally, um, it's your mind's way of telling you get out. It's finding you an excuse because now you've got such a spitting headache that you can't focus, you can't do your job, you can't do anything, so you might as well go home. So it's find found a way to get out. I'll give you an example. Um, 
Uh, let me just think, because there's so many different examples I can give you. I'm just trying to think of the best one. So this guy at the age of 42 went to a therapist, um, a mind therapist, whether that was for hypnotherapy or whatever he went for. Um, and he was struggling with severe, severe migraines and it just wouldn't stop. And as he, he's always had them, but as he's grown up, it's gotten worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And, worse. and um, basically, what what the therapist then found is it, it was his way of getting out of a situation. So it turned out um, in primary school, he banged his head in the class or something. And immediately the teacher was so concerned about him, said, oh, goodness, are you okay? Come sit here. You don't have to listen in class today or you don't have to do your homework tonight or whatever she said because, gosh, you've got, this massive gash on your head and, or, or just headache or whatever he had when he banged it. And she showed concern. And then growing up, he realized every time he's got a headache, he doesn't have to do something immediately. He can get out of it. He can get away from it. And then interesting. Yeah. Then growing up as a student, it became worse. And he realized only in the session at the age of 42, but he was studying, um, I don't know what he was studying, say for instance, law or whatever, but whatever he was studying wasn't what he wanted to do. It was what his parents mm. wanted him to do mm -hmm. and he didn't enjoy it. So his migraines became worse and worse and worse. And he was really struggling to finish his studies. So eventually he dropped out. He ended up in a job, whatever job that was, and he absolutely hated working there. It wasn't what he wanted to do. It wasn't nearly anything that he enjoyed, but he had, he had to make money and he had to somehow please his parents. So the migrants just got worse and worse and worse throughout the years. And at the age of 42, he decided to see someone who then realized, well, hang on a second. It's a way of getting you out. Your mind is telling you, it's giving you a symptom to give you that out. Once he realized that and he realized, oh gosh, I've been doing everything in my life to please my parents, to show them I'm good enough to do this, to do that. And this isn't anything like I want to do. I need to get out. And he then yeah. quit his job and he started doing whatever it is that he wanted to do that still made money, but it's stuff that he wanted. And guess what? His migraines didn't come back because he, he, there was no need for it anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's such a good and, example for sure. Yeah. Yeah, That's why I asked if you were in the job that you're currently liking and enjoying or if you were in a job that you didn't enjoy because for me that could be a clear out and then you move from retail into corporate which you hated even more so it became worse and it wasn't until you left that and doing what you really want to do that it's like oh okay it's now not there. Yeah, like I can't remember the last time I took Advil because like I've always had like um, sinuses and like allergies like since I was a little kid, like it runs in yeah. my family. So I've always gotten like sinus headaches and I know yeah. what that felt like. Like I knew what a sinus headache felt like, but this was like a different level of headache that I was like, I was like, I just wanted to throw up and lay down. Like, I don't yeah. know if it was a migraine or what, but it was like looking back to some of those times, I'm like, man, like... <laughs> that's crazy but yeah I mean part of it I think was exactly what you were saying like I was working in a job that I absolutely hated I don't think that I'm I think some people are you know not that I'm ever going to put anyone down for working a corporate job yeah I get it like you know some people enjoy it and they thrive in that environment I work next to those people but for me I just like I always craved connection yeah went into my corporate job 
working in human resources and recruiting people for jobs. So I felt mm-hmm. like, oh, this is the perfect environment for me to connect. Yeah. And for me to help. But then I quickly realized like, it's not. Not, it's not, <laughs> not it. Um, and then I felt this like immense amount of shame because I was like, I've worked so hard. My family's helped me so much get to this point. And then I'm like, six months in and I'm like, I'm out. Like, I hate this, you know, I couldn't do that. So I forced myself to be in these and to work in these jobs that I just didn't like for three Mm. years. And then one day at work, I ended up having, I got really sick. I like haven't at that point I had never, I had thrown up in my Mm -hmm. entire life. Like that I can remember just a handful of times. I hadn't thrown up in like years. Like I couldn't, I was like a child the last time I threw up. And I remember I walked out to my car and I just like projectile. And I was like, oh my gosh, like something is seriously wrong with like my body at that point was, I think my, like, again, subconsciously, I knew Mm -hmm. like you need to get out. This needs to end. Like you need to move on. But I just wasn't again, connected to that at all. Like that's the only way I can explain it. And so then my body just like, was like, all right, if you're not going to shut this down, Mm -hmm. we're going to shut it down. And so that was kind of my like aha moment of like, I really need to shift and like figure out what I want to do. And I mean, that's kind of like when I started the blog about anxiety and like all of this kind of unraveled. And in the beginning, like I was still having some of those symptoms of like, the headaches and like the anxiety, but I mean, my anxiety now on a scale of like one to 10 is like a two. Like I literally could go days without wow. having anxiety, yeah, that's um, amazing. but it's still there. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm like, maybe I need to do a session with you. <laughs> like, I get so fr- I'm at the point where I get frustrated when I have anxiety. Cause I'm like, Ugh, not this shit again. Like I got like, you know, like I'm yeah. just kind of at that point, but yeah. So where can people find you on the internet? I'm going to have all of your links down below, but I, okay. I, I know I want you to kind of share with them where they can find yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I guess most of my stuff, I'm more active on Facebook now because it's just so easy for people to comment and put out testimonials and stuff. So it's on Facebook. It's just Gita, um, Gita Basson, my name and surname, and then Rym, R-Y-M, which stands for Rewind Your Mind, which is the name of my company. Um, and then I also have a website. Now, I, I do corporate um, therapy and obviously the, the um, individual therapy. So if you reach my website, you can choose if you want to go corporate or individual. And then um, it's www.rewindyourmind.co.uk. Um, I'm not that active on Insta and all the other things. I should probably be, but I'm not. <laughs> Maybe I need help in that. But yeah, so most of my stuff is done on Facebook or my website um, or email. Uh, I do just wanted to explain to you one other thing where you said um, about, well, where I explained about the headaches and stuff. Now, obviously not, not everyone is stuck with, headaches because it's an out for them you know there's right. plenty of different reasons why they've got a headache or why they've got a symptom but so many of our symptoms is psychosomatic it is something that our unconscious minds created for us as a warning but we just can't see it we're just too blind to to see it or like you said you're just not connected to it mm-hmm. or you think okay well i have the symptom because i have 
thyroid problem or I have this symptom because of X, Y, and Z because of my anxiety. But lots of the symptoms are additional symptoms that was just created. Um, however, sometimes a symptom is truly a medical, there's a medical reason for it, you know, and, and people don't always check it out. And what I'd like to explain is um, I ask in my sessions when, when I ask for the unconscious mind to delete or eliminate a symptom or a program, I ask it if there's a medical reason for, for the symptom to be there. And the unconscious mind cannot lie, it will never lie to us. So I get a clear yes or a no. If it's, um, if it's a no, I carry on. If it's a yes, then obviously I can't go ahead and eliminate the symptom because the client needs to go and check it out. And I recently had a lady who contacted me. She has a hormone imbalance. She hasn't really been tested or anything, but there's all sorts of things indicating that her hormones are completely out of whack. I do have a hormone online test that you can do to give you an idea if if you do have an imbalance and obviously then you can go ahead and get tested for it properly but she did the test and there were so many things out of whack but she said her biggest problem was night sweats she was really really struggling with night sweats um and if that's the only symptom i can relieve for her at this stage she'd be forever grateful so we started working on the night sweats and again i asked the unconscious mind is there a reason a medical reason for having the night sweats because there could be quite a few medical reasons that you've got to be aware of before you just remove a symptom and the unconscious mind gave me a clear yes and I explained, okay, in that case, I'm not going to continue removing it. Um, and I carried on with her anxiety and all sorts of other things. And I got clear yeses to continue working with those. And she was really gutted afterwards. She, she was upset that I didn't work on the night sweats. And I said, well, look, there's a medical reason you've got night sweats. And I want you to go to a doctor and check it out. You know, give him all the symptoms and, and speak to him about it. She phoned me four days later and said, Gita, you won't believe it. I'm in hospital with angina and I have to stay here for seven days. And angina is a heart condition that causes severe night sweats. Oh my God. So you literally saved her life. <laughs> well, I'm hoping I did, but she didn't know. She wasn't aware. Um, and if I removed the night sweats, she would have thought, okay, great. It's gone now. I can carry on with my life and not really went to a doctor to check, get it checked out. Oh my gosh. You've got to be very careful as well. You can't just remove anything because there is sometimes a really good reason for having it. Yeah, because it's a signal from the body of like, hey, something's yeah. not right. Yeah. But then there's so many other signals where it's literally just a mind thing and people get angry at me and they're like, what, you're telling me I've got X, Y, and Z and I'm suffering all this much and I've got all these aches and pains for many, many, many years because of my mind and my thinking that is BS. And I'm like, well, you don't have to be open to believing it, but if you are open to believing it, then you can actually start changing. Oh my God. Yeah. That would, I'm, you're doing God's work here because oh. <laughs> if someone came to me like that, I'd be like, screw you. Okay, fine. <laughs> I would not have like the patience for that. Cause yeah, it is. Oh. It is such a, it's a, it's such a, a, a belief, I think in, in your body. When I was 15, 16, I got mono, which is like considered like the kissing disease, mononuclear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was terribly ill, terribly, terribly ill yeah, for many, many months. And 
when my mom would take me to the doctor and be like, she's not eating, she's sleeping, like, da-da-da, she can't go to school because she's so tired and all of this stuff. They're like, well, it's just a virus. Like, there's nothing that we can do. And she just has to run her, it has has to run its course. And I was like, yeah, "Yeah, that's not going to work for me. So I ended up going to acupuncture when I was like 15, 16 years old and being on like Chinese herbal medicines and like all these like weird, (laughs) uh, like very non-traditional things. And so I've always had just this, like, I think from that point on, like this unwavering belief in in my in my body to like heal itself and that like your mind and your body are so connected um Mm -hmm. even though in that point of time when I was working in my corporate job like those two got so separated and I think that's like where this true like imbalance came was because it wasn't my belief system like I did totally believed in it but I was so separated and disconnected at that time so yeah, I just no, and, and I guess that's also with with my type of work I do. It's not for everyone, and lots of people will be skeptical about it. Lots of people will already probably not have finished listening to this talk and, and thought, okay, well, this is just nonsense. I'm not into it, and that's fine. Everyone has their own beliefs and their own attitudes and things. Um, and and I guess that's why also I don't just work with anybody i do a really good about an hour and a half to two hour long strategy call with a person to find out what they're struggling with to find out what their beliefs are um for them to find out more about what i do how i work and then for us both to decide are we a good match you do we trust and believe in each other um, and obviously sometimes it happens that I do a two hour call and then we just realize, hang on a second, I, I can't help this person because they're not ready for it or mm-hmm. they just not really believing in it. They want it. They want it desperately, but they're not quite there where they open to the idea. So I just don't work with them because it'd be pointless. I'll just be wasting their money because they won't get anywhere anyway. Right. But then other times you get people where throughout the talk, their mind starts opening up and they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize this could happen or I could do this. And all of a sudden, maybe at the start they weren't ready, but now they are during the call and think, gosh, okay, yeah, I can do it. Let's, let's go for it. So I've got to be very strict as well with who I work with because I don't want to waste anyone's time or money uh, or my own time, you know, in in going through something and and a person's just not quite there yet. Well, I think the people who are listening to this podcast are going to be super into it because like I said, I'm very much about the woo woo, Mm. uh, like in the woo woo stuff or like things that are traditional, I think. And even across like every facet of my life. And I hope that the people who listen to this podcast are also super open-minded in that sense. Yeah, great. Um, That'd be amazing. Yeah. So anyway, well, thank you. I Just to kind of close out, like, again, thank you so much for being here. And I'm so glad that you got to share all of this with us. Oh, no, I love it. Like I said, super passionate. I can probably carry on for the next three hours. <laughs> um, one thing I do want to leave um, you and any other listeners, if they are interested, again, this might be too woo-woo, but there's a guy called Bruce Lipton who, it's a really bad recording on YouTube, but he's got um, the full version of Biology of Belief. Have you seen that or heard, listened to it? No, but I'm, now I'm going, Bruce, I'm going to write this down, actually. 
he's got a snippet, but the snippets aren't as great. Um, you've got to watch the full version. It does say full version. It's about two and a half hours long. And it's absolutely fascinating. And in there, he explains how our minds, how our beliefs build and attract things around us. Um, and this guy used to be a doctor who then realized, well, hang on, it's not just all about genes and DNA and things like you said, it's in my family, allergies, and it's in my family, sinuses. It's not really in your family. It's just because your mind created it and you saw someone else has got it in your family and this one's got it and you just built upon that and it's programs that runs through your body and your mind. Um, so it's super interesting when he, interesting. how he explains it. Yeah, do have a look at it. Do have a look. Okay. So Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton um, and look for the full version. Biology of Belief? Belief, yeah. Bruce Lipton. Uh, if I find it, guys, I'm going to put the link in the episode description. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to send it to you, Brie, if you want to just post it then. Yeah, and I'm definitely going to listen to your recording that you sent me for my birthday oh, again. Yeah. I'll hope, I'm going to try to do it when I'm not going to sleep so I can, like, actually listen to it. The idea is not to listen to it. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Remember, it's, it's an unconscious thing that needs to happen. We want the conscious mind to go on vacation while the unconscious does all the work. Yeah, because I'm and really you don't big. have to listen to me. Yeah. Okay, good. Because I'm like, I'm the worst. Like, people will always be like, if I'm listening to something at night, like while I'm going to bed, like, because I love like Louise Hay, like her little tapes yes. and stuff from love like, her. even though the 80s music drives me crazy, <laughs> I'm only awake for like three minutes. Like, I'm the worst. Like, I'm not the worst. It's actually a good thing. Like, if I go, if I have set the intention to go to sleep, like, I'm out like a light in like three minutes. Like, I really right? have problems falling asleep. Some people will love that. <laughs> I know. Some people are so, so jealous. They're like, what? I'm like, it's a blessing yeah. and a curse because I can fall asleep and like, the, not when I'm driving, but like if I'm a passenger, yeah. I will like fall asleep. <laughs> like, don't take me on road trips because I will not keep like asleep. <laughs> or um, movies. <laughs> or movies, yeah. I don't fall asleep in the movie theater. But okay. Like, I'm at home and I'm watching a movie. Like, yeah. yeah I just. Okay. <laughs> even last night, I was like watching something after dinner and I was like, I can't fall asleep because then I'm not going to be able to go to sleep tonight. And I ended up like kind of knocking out for like 10 minutes but oh, yeah. <laughs> all right well thank you again so much for being here oh no thank you thanks for the invitation three i'm i'm really happy you invited me and yeah if anyone's got questions then ask Bree, and i can i'm happy to send anything through or, or direct whichever